night, let him have it. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick? And welcome back to the Bocce Bro Podcast. This is episode two. Um, I am Chris Lovell, and today I'm joined with fellow Bocce Bros, Anthony Cugini and Dante Lovell. We are missing Carmen Marinucci, but we have an exciting guest for you guys today. He's filling in for Carmen. He's, he's a special guest. He's very well known in the Midwest and really starting to spread uh, the bocce game and as well as others throughout the country here. And his name is Alex Gara. Did I say that? Nope. But that's Gara. Darn it. You just told me that. <laughs> I've, never, uh, I've never been offended by the mispronunciation. <laughs> Alex Gara. But yeah, thanks for having me. I'm beginning to think that uh, maybe Carmen has got a problem with me because this is the second time that we've all gotten together and he hasn't been on he's the ducking you man that or he's a big fan of the bachelorette <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, what my that's why he's missing yeah because that's that's why i keep scheduling these these tuesdays at seven eight o'clock because that's when the, the missus is watching it with her bachelorette pool i have to i was just gonna ask does she have like a fantasy team i've been seeing people having yeah. pools fantasy teams in this getting serious she sure does i i have no idea who, who she's rooting for because i try to do this kind of thing when it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's safe to say The Bachelor uh, is her bocce, basically. Oh, she's a big bocce, bocce fan, too. So, oh, um, good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe The Bachelorette. Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our show, The Bachelor say, and The Bachelorette. <laughs> well, like, save that, write that down right now. Yeah, that'll be my <laughs> new Instagram name. But Alex, we appreciate you coming on. Um, if there's been one person, one uh, company or, or uh, page that's really helped us out and has welcomed us to the bocce community, it's been you. Um, as we've alluded in several of our videos and what we're trying to do as the bocce bros in Northeast Ohio is bring the bocce game uh, to the community, show the younger generation how fun it could be and really grow the game as much as possible. What I think a lot of our listeners don't understand and and honestly, this was me before we even started this, was how well-known the bocce game or, or how big the bocce game currently is. That it's not just Northeast Ohio, that it's not just, you know, an Italian game played by old folk. You know, you have started something special, and I really didn't understand it until you reached out to us and I started researching oddball sports. So I wanted to bring you on today to kind of share your story about how you started American Bocce as well as Oddball Sports and really just have an open conversation about what you're currently doing, what you did in the past, and what you're going to be doing in the future. How does that sound? Sounds great. Yeah, I really appreciate the um, the intro and, and the shout-out in the first episode. I listened to um, to the introductory episode last week and shared it with some friends. So. Oh, good. Yeah, we yeah. saw it on, the, on your website and as well as, as shared it on your social media account. So... That's big for us. It really helps us out a lot. You know, Dante and I, we're in charge of our social media. Anthony's handling the website, but we're all kind of brand new to, to how to really market ourselves and do the whole social media thing. We're very good at just doing our personal stuff, but how do we actually market a brand? So seeing what you guys do is pretty inspiring. We consider you guys like our older brothers at the moment. So it's love that. It's, I've been waiting for guys like you, man. It's been like six years where I'm like, when, <laughs> when are more people gonna jump where on are this? They? exactly how you described what your mission is, mm -hmm. is is how we have been describing our mission, particularly in the beginning too. So um really, really excited to see the bocce bros um kind of make a name for themselves in twenty twenty. So thanks yeah. guys. So do you want to do you want to start off with you know where you give us a little introductory about yourself where you're from um, you know where you grew up your your uh, you know family um, and then essentially you know how, how you got into the game of bocce yeah so um, I'm actually from the Detroit area originally and um, I didn't have a super strong connection to the sport other than it was one of my favorite yard games to play uh, on vacation uh, with my dad when we would travel or go camping. We often played kind of like open air, open terrain rules while while traveling. Um, 
And but I did love basically any form of competition, right? Super competitive kid, um, you know, very much enjoyed all games, all sports. Uh, I'm only about five eight, so I had <laughs> some shortcomings when it came to uh, taking that much farther than than you know some high school sports and things like that. But uh, I, you know, definitely, you know, like I remember. I think when I was maybe 20, 21 years old, I got on a, like a massive bowling kick and I started bowling every day and there you, you know, go. got my average up to a little over 200 and, you know, would go, you know, felt like, like, Oh, this is my thing. And then I just got distracted or bored by it. And then did that with some, Oh, I, I used to um, play competitive golden tea too. So I used to collect checks from golden tea. That's awesome. Um, and that's kind of, you know, whatever it was. And I just kind of latched on to, to, that thing also just like an extreme like hobbyist and enthusiast i'm an only child so um was always you know creating worlds and games and um like whatever just just platforms to go deeper into whatever that was basically out of just kind of being bored and alone and also having this kind of engine that was always going to right so um so then i found bocce and uh and that seemed to be the vessel that that kept me connected to it and kept me competing and wanting to kind of take some of my own life experiences and apply them and my own world building and apply that. And uh, that's kind of the broad stroke of how American Bocce was, was found. Uh, the more granular stroke is that I moved out to Chicago. Uh, I was the general manager of a restaurant called Mindy's Hot Chocolate. And it's a James Beard award-winning restaurant, wonderful place here in Chicago was doing that for about three years and I uh, was walking by this vacant city lot on my way to work every day. And it was a real eyesore and it was ugly. And I said, you know, someone should do something with this lot. Community gardens have been done before. Um, had just got done playing bocce on a camping trip with some some new friends that I met in Chicago. I said, why don't we do that? Why don't we build bocce, uh, a bocce park here? A couple of courts, picnic tables, uh, community grill, you know, just kind of a beautification project, placemaking project. And that turned into a bunch of people coming around saying, what are you going to do next? Uh, where are leagues going to happen? Uh, what's, what's your mission? And I said, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm here to, um, it's, this was kind of a, a, another one of those hobbies of mine. Um, but there was enough around me to kind of inspire uh, taking this to the next level. And, and that's what we did. So when it go, going back to this empty lot, how were you able to, to build these courts there? Did you have to go through city officials or who, who did this yeah, lot be, belong to? Uh, so the, the lot uh, belonged to the city. It was a residential lot. So uh, here in Chicago, um, we had a lot of red tape to deal with. And I remember, you know, we were kind of naively just going through our own motions and telling everyone how we we're going to build this this great bocce park. And because the restaurant I was working at had like a celebrity chef attached to it, it caught some attention in the local media. And I remember one day the city attorney called me into his office and I thought they were going to, you know, call me into, uh, congratulate me or thank me or give me a medal or something. Like that. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> he shuts the door behind me and I look up and there's this like uh, bulletin board it looks like from a detective show or the wire or something and it's got all these newspaper clippings and magazine clippings from like local food blogs and and whatnot about how you know hot chocolate gm starting bocce park and he was he was angry and he was like who's alex gara and uh, i was with you know the the team at the time and i was like well that's me and he said uh and what what is this you think you're doing and i said well i we're building a bocce park you know we had got permission from a local alderman and um thought this was kind of a nice thing to do for our city so he created this list of uh, basically a checklist to say like hey if you're going to do this you got to go through all these hoops and hmm. for whatever reason we we did and we just it, the last box to check was getting at the time mayor rahm Emanuel to to sign off on it and to uh lease the lot to us for two years for one whole dollar Oh, wow. And we did that. Nice. And that actually um, spawned a whole entire city project of leasing um, vacant lots for a dollar for, 
for beautification projects, which is really cool. We never got much credit for that, and that's kind of a whole different world. Um, but that's kind of a, a fun little um, outcome from that whole thing that that sometimes gets overlooked. That is awesome. I didn't know that when we first talked a couple of weeks ago. Can you? What was your? Because we always talk about things that we want to do around here. Then you know the questions always always brought up like, oh, well, you have to jump through so many hoops. You have to get permits. People have to come out here. What was your biggest like loop in that case scenario dealing with the city? Yeah, I think it was it was definitely um, it was definitely the the lag time between signatures and approvals because this is something that we wanted to start in April and finish in May, right? The, mm. the goal was to have this bocce park for that summer. Yeah. I don't even think we were thinking in terms of you know. 2015 2016 2017 it was just this is what we want to do right now Mm -hmm. and and because of the hoops immediacy was impossible so i think that if if i were to take all of those um you know those uh obstacles and sort of quantify it to one thing it would be finding patience through the process yeah so you get this started everyone's talking about it you know, you've good reviews. I'm sure you guys are having a great time. People are asking you what's next, right? So does that spark your, you know, we've talked in the past, you're obviously entrepreneurial minded. Does that spark that, you know, entrepreneurship in your head thinking, okay, how could I expand further on this? And obviously, yes, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I think what, what I instantly recognized was, you know, I, I had come from the food and beverage world and essentially what happens when, when you come up with a new idea, it's, it's usually picked up pretty quickly. Um, it, it makes its rounds. It becomes a trend. You know, you guys are all familiar with, with food trends and, um, you know, like food on social media and the way that works and the <laughs> world of, you know, wine and cocktails and all that. So <clears throat> to, to see, to look at, bocce ball is a sport and say, you know, wait a minute, why aren't there businesses surrounding this sport? Why don't people have careers with bocce ball? That was kind of a, an eye opener. And so we, you know, usually when you're trying to start a business or, uh, or create a brand or a product, you're looking for a solution to a problem. So we looked at the sport and said, what are the problems with the sport? And we identified two problems, one being the footprint, right? So uh, bocce ball required a bocce ball court uh, in the traditional sense requires a ton of space and <clears throat> in an urban area like Chicago there's not a lot of space to go around um, you have uh, a, if it's outdoors uh, you can only use it six months out of the year if it's indoors it's going to cost five million plus just to get the, the the real estate to allow it to happen so that's a problem and then two was this sort of stigma or culture attached to it that it was sort of only for old men and we saw that as as you know certainly loving the tradition of it and (laughs) nothing against old men which we're all (laughs) on our way to becoming one day um but how you know why does everyone say oh i i know bocce that old guys play or whatever so so we wanted to 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 open it up and say can why isn't the sport reaching young people? Why isn't it reaching uh, a demographic split the way other sports are with men and women? Um, why isn't it reaching uh, lower income areas? Whatever the, you know, wherever the voids are for the sport. So we thought inclusivity plus uh, pop, pop-up, portable, modernizing, whatever you want to call that. Those were sort of our two tricks to start the business, and that's what we did. What do you think is the reason why isn't hitting the younger generation like where, where do you pinpoint that to as you as you've seen it grow through the younger age but what have you seen as the main reason you know i i think that um i think what happens a lot and this might be <clears throat> a little bit of a deep answer <laughs> if that's okay for episode two or three of course or we're on. let's bring, get um, deep bring it on <laughs> uh, but i think what happens a lot with um heritage that heritages that immigrate to America is that you hold on to your traditions because it's what keeps you connected. And, uh, what I've learned 
in my life is that, um, you know, it's really difficult to, to start uh, a world for yourself when you immigrate to America. And so you look at pockets of people, whether it's the Polish or the Ukrainians or Italians, and you look at traditions being held really close to the chest. And those are the things that get you through those hard times and those connectors that keep, um, you know, uh, at the time, immigrants, which have now just become, you know, sort of variations of us all being Americans. So uh, I know that's kind of a deep answer, but I, I really think that that tradition is super important to preserve something special, but it can get in the way sometimes if you're trying to um, share it with other, you, you know, with, with a new uh, community of people or new, whatever. So I think that's kind of that, that a little bit of that is, is a barrier. Um, and, you know, when you look at the way the sport is played regionally, um, you know, everyone seemed to have a different answer for it. And so on a maybe less deep answer would be that, that, you know, people play different on the beach than they did in their backyard than they did on professional courts or whatever. So it wasn't super unifying in that sense. That is a great point. No, that makes sense. Yeah. We, um, we talked about last time, like there's so many different rules, well, not so many different, but everyone plays differently. Uh, I know I've talked to people like, oh yeah, bocce ball, but I've only played on the beach. I've only played in the grass. And obviously, yes, there's many ways to play uh, different terrains, but um, there are those different rules out there. Like you can't hit the bat- back wall and, can't go you know throw the Pauline you know across a certain point so that's another obstacle in the game that I think slows us down in making bocce more widespread and just more unified like you were saying Alex yeah I mean I was I was telling them earlier I'm in Marco Island right now like I was telling you guys before we started and we were playing with a group of people and the back wall is out no matter if you hit a ball or not like it's just out and I'm like wait what like I'm so confused by this rule. What are you talking about? They're like, no, that's how you play. I'm like, uh, were you? Yeah, I don't you, know about that. You were arguing with them, throwing your hands up, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then, and then there's a specific rotation, so you always have to be like after Betty and before Sally mm-hmm. because you got to throw in the middle. And I'm like, wait, what? I was like, no, I'm the shooter. If that ball is close, yeah. I shoot. That's just another <laughs> example. It's just so it was good. And then they're like, oh, my God, wait, you guys play different? What are the rules? Teach us. Mm-hmm. Like, we just read online. So they took some website. They're like, oh, yeah. we're going to play bocce. And they just took some website and read online how to play. Let's see, yeah. And then they just carried those on. Yeah, so, I mean, there, it's, a great, it's a great point. There isn't a lot of, like, uh, you know, again, because there hasn't been businesses connected to it. There hasn't been money connected to the sport. There isn't a lot of, like, great resources out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you want to learn how to you know, work on your jump shot in basketball, mm-hmm. like just type in hashtag jump shot to your Instagram, you know what I mean? And search that and you'll see thousands of video clips and coaches and whatever, you know, in bocce, you're likely to get a, a really bunk set of rules if you <laughs> open the wrong link, you know? Um, um, but I do think as, as a enthusiast, like I really think that the, the more competitive version of the game, the, the game that we all play mm-hmm. is the best expression of the game. Agreed. So the idea of Anthony throwing then Dante, then Chris, then Alex and red, then green, then red, then green or whatever. Like, like, I don't think that captures people quite the way that like, you know, throw until you beat the closest ball does, you know? Well, it was funny because like, to your point, you know, I started, I started botching, right. So I started shooting. They're like, wait, what is this? Like, what do you mean you're shooting the ball? So then all of a sudden, the team that I was playing against, they're like, well, hey, why don't you shoot that ball? So then they were starting to pick it up. And then they loved it because, like, the one girl just hit it on the first try, you know. She just hit it out. And they were, like, cheering and coaching, like, oh, my God, we love shooting. This is awesome. <laughs> so it's like that that learning the how to really play the game. I mean, yes, there's a social aspect of it. But then when you really start thinking about strategic, like, I was teaching them how to throw against the wall. And like, oh, my God, we never thought about you could use the wall. I'm like wait, what? You changed their lives forever. (laughs) They're like, they're mind blown, mind blown by it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's watching guys. And I was just in, um, uh, Mishawaka, Indiana, working with the, the world wiffle ball championship. I don't know if you saw any of that on oddball, but I did. we were, we were staying at this hotel. Um, it was the athletic club at Notre Dame and our 
window overlooked a bocce court and I was like, Oh yes, perfect. <laughs> every day this group, this two, these two couples would go down there and they would play like all day and they had an absolute blast. And I would watch them play again, kind of the way, probably the way I grew up playing with my, my folks too, which was, you know, red throw, then green throw, red throw, then green throw, whatever. And I just was watching it just being like, I really want to go down there and be like that bocce dick that oh, dick on here I don't know. you're good yeah man okay. for sure we'll bleep it out uh, that, that jerk uh and, no say uh, it. We'll, beep, it we'll beep it out and be like hey guys like, like let me show you the rule or whatever but of course that's not necessary to do you know that's just right but but i i felt in my heart of hearts that if they were playing the right way they would love it even more you know that's 100 accurate you know i was talking to these guys about our first experience in tournaments and mine was October of 2019, so last year. I've been playing bocce my whole life, but it was more, you know, with my grandpa, my dad in the backyard, or at our local uh, Italian club. Never really in a tournament where there's people from different cities, different states coming in to play. And once I realized and noticed how serious people take it, and the strategy that's involved in it, and um, just the camaraderie as well between your teammates, you know, it's, it like ignited a fire under me. Like I was just ready to go, you know, whether you're someone who grew up playing sports or a collegiate athlete or ex-collegiate athlete, you know, so, as long as you have that competitive fire to you, even a little bit, which most people do, uh, whether you're playing board games or, you know, an actual sport, this is something that's going to get you excited, especially once, as we were discussing briefly there, once you start learning the rules and, and start shooting and, and really diving into the actual uh, nitty and gritty of the, of the game. Yeah, I don't think it's, and, and I should say, you know, we asked earlier what, what, why the sport isn't on that level that others are. I, I don't think it's like doomed um, in a sense. I think that we're seeing a revolution of alternative or fringe sports um, sort of make a name for themselves in the last 20 years or so i think it's it's interesting that like a sport like cornhole has uh has found its way to espn 2 and espn even uh whereas bocce hasn't we're coming um, for them i think that's yeah exactly yeah yeah and 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 there's a really fascinating background to that which is essentially saying that the uh, you know uh, silicon valley like big money sort of cherry-picked cornhole in, in the Midwest to Bible Belt area and said, we're going to create a big business around this. So they, so that even that wasn't like natural. That was them saying, we're going to put a bunch of money in this and we're going to make this big and we're mm-hmm. going to put it next to Monster Energy Drink and Mountain Dew and we're going <laughs> to target Kansas and Indiana and, and, <laughs> and they absolutely crush it. But that was all planned. That was, that was engineered. Um, so our sport is, is certainly not, it's not that it's not going to happen. I think it is, and I hope we're all involved in that process. So, Alex, what do you think about getting to the Olympics? What do you think? So, you I, I, that's the North Star, Anthony. I think that's um, I, the, the sport deserves to be at, at the Olympics um, on the Olympic level. I think we start by having it as a participation sport. Um, I'm, I'm not a dummy, but I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so I feel like uh, it would be easier for us to do it on our home turf here in the USA. So um, we're targeting Los Angeles 2028. Um, we've had some, some tries in the past from some other organizations. Um, and the Olympic Committee seriously entertained it. So that's good for us. The bad news is they said no. The good news is that uh, organizations like American Bocce and what you guys are doing uh, are filling the needs or I guess the, you know, the categories that the other organizations weren't, you know, fully um, delivering on are things that we're delivering on. And a big part of that is a, is a youth movement. Uh, and a big part of that is regional opportunities. And, uh, you know, I think we discussed last time, like, as soon as we're able to get out of this pandemic, I mean, I'm, I will, I, we'll definitely be competing on the same court within a year. Most hope, definitely. Right? Most definitely. One hundred percent. Anthony, I want to come for you too. I, if you're the super competitive one, I want to. <laughs> you yeah, just got to get in I'm his ready. head. One on one, baby. You can point <laughs> at me. Right? Point, 
Uh, shoot, yeah. Point. I'll, I'll grab my teammates for that one. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I think I think the Olympics is a good conversation. But I, you know, I, I think in talking with you and, and seeing what you've done on on social media, I've seen a lot of movement that you've been doing at the bars. So, like, just talk to us a little bit about you know how you've made that game popular at the bars and what you've done because. I think it's something that's not here in Columbus, and I, I think we'd love to entertain that here. I mean, I think it's it's great what we've seen. So tell us a little about that. Yeah, so the fundamentally, we feel like uh, in order to reach that North Star of bocce is Olympic sport or bocce is a mainstream sport or whatever version of ultimate bocce success that we all see is, we have to be really patient and we have to start on a level of uh, sort of figuring out ways to overcome barriers to entry. So one of those ways is to bring the sport to people rather than having them come to the sport. So here in Chicago, because of our, myself, Alicia Harvey and Matt David, who are my two partners, our bar and restaurant background and hospitality backgrounds, we were able to sort of instantly tap into that bar culture and community and to set up partnerships where we were able to bring bocce to bars and venues and breweries and you know music venues, wh whatever we could. And by doing that, we're creating uh, a new brand of players, new fans, um, but we're solving that quantity issue, right? Because, you know, I don't know how many members there are, but, you know, if you go to your local club and there's 150 people in there, it feels like it's this big thing and, and it is, and it's awesome. But in order to reach a level of, of national competition or professional players being sponsored by, you know, by big bucks where all they have to do is stay at the club and work on, you know, their Rafa's all day or whatever. That's, um, you know, that's going to require a lot more of a player pool. Mm -hmm. um, so we feel like the bar social entry to the sport is the first way to, to attack it, especially in the first like three to five years which is what we're kind of, we're, we're coming up to the five-year mark for the ABC and then moving into phase two while also continuing to try to keep the, that lively bar atmosphere. I love it. So another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, we're, we're trying to find ways like, for instance, this bar um, idea that you've had and that's taken off to just get the game growing one thing that just recently came out that I know you've seen that we've seen is bocce being presented on the big screen with team Marco. So I know um, you sent us a little exit survey, which we sent in asking, you know, what teammate we'd like from the movie, but I love the movie. I remember I watched it about two weeks ago when it was first released. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Um, the director has, you know, shown some love to us when we showed some love about the movie um, what were your thoughts on the movie? Just talk a little about how it connected with you or you could relate to it. Uh, yeah, I was really, really excited to see a movie about Bocce uh, that was, you know, I think centered around what is, it is about the sport that draws us to it, right? Mm -hmm. So family and connection and community and relationship building and all of these wonderful things about the sport. I always tell people, you know, if you're on a softball team, for instance, like even though it, let's say it's a co-ed social softball league and you're having a blast while doing it, you're always either on the bench with your fan or with your teammates or in the field with your teammates. In bocce, you're standing with typically one teammate and two opponents. So you're actually spending more time, if not more, with your opponents as you are with your teammates, <laughs> which instantly makes it this, this bonding sport unlike any other. Mm -hmm. um, so I, uh, I, I was thrilled to see that. Um, they, I was able, it was really cool, actually. So I, I got to have a Zoom with the director. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, for about 45 minutes or so, um, a few days before I saw the movie, which is kind of what spawned the idea for the exit survey. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, instantly getting a feel for, for his passion and seeing that, like, the, the focus on, you know, that it was sort of based on characters in his life and, and very family-oriented, um, you know, 
had had a perspective going into it for me that was like, hey, I'm gonna like this no matter what. And then I did see it, and I and it still exceeded expectations, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought it was funnier than I expected. Like I mm-hmm. thought, like a, you know, it is very much a family movie. It's probably the, the first PG movie I've seen. In, in <laughs> um, I agree. And so I thought, like you know, like hey, I'll I'll like the bocce. There might be a sentimental quality to it, but it but the jokes won't land, mm-hmm. right? But they did. It was. Yeah. I, I mean, the grandpa, the you know, the Nona was was pretty hilarious. And it's right? not like there was a lot. It's not like this movie's all just bocce, bocce, bocce. It's like a lot less bocce than I thought originally, if I do say so myself. But it definitely did a lot of justice on the moments that they were on the court and just the bond that it made the you know the the Nono and the grandson have. Yeah, and I told them I bawled because I mean yeah. we. Yeah. Dante, Chris, myself, and another another partner of ours, John Panico, we actually threw a tournament in memory of my grandpa who died in January. And, like, that move me made me just ball crying, yeah. oh like, gosh. at the end. Because it was, no it was like, exactly what we did. Like, it was it was to the T. And, it and this felt, is the it's, grandpa it's, that you mentioned in the first podcast. This is the, yeah, this is the yeah. grandpa I mentioned in the first one. And it's, like, yeah. it was so cool to see just because, I mean, I know Chris and Dante talk about their grandpa and growing up with them and playing bocce. And it's, like, that's what bocce is to a lot of people that you were talking about earlier that came across that kept that tradition alive. But then it's like, I think that's what we try to kind of show to other people, friends, families, like this is what bocce can be. It's, it's about building that bond. Like you're saying, even if it's an opponent or someone you're playing against, it's, it's, it's that, it's that, that bond you make as you play. And, and you remember that, right? You remember when you're playing someone, you remember that team, you remember how much fun you had. And it's just, it's such a good time. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, very, very sorry for your loss, but I'm really glad that you were, um, you know, kind of able to have something symbolize that in that in the same year. It's got to be kind of a cool feeling, even bittersweet, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely did that, you know, that little chin out, tear up mm-hmm. <laughs> motion a couple times. I didn't ball, but I, I, I had some moments for sure. Yeah, really cool. I mean, so happy to see that happen. And, and I hope that, you know, as the sport continues to gain traction that more people will see it as a really cool focal point or centerpiece to have like stories and movies happen because, um, you know, I mean, obviously we, we all think the world of it. So (laughs) you don't say, (laughs) so, so what does the future hold for, for you, Alex? What are you, you know, obviously COVID probably set, I mean, it set everyone back a little bit, right? But luckily, I feel like you guys have still been able to play just because, um, you know, with outdoor being allowed, you're able to play probably outside, I assume, in Chicago, correct? Uh, yeah, we did. We did some modified stuff right. uh, this you, year. You, 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 did, you, did, you made the most of it, essentially, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So what, is the, what, what does the future hold for you, Oddball Sports, American Bocce? What do you, what do you uh, think, think in here? Uh, yeah, so COVID sucked <laughs> for us. Um, it, it was a, it, it definitely derailed um, some immediate visions. But, uh, you know, I, I think you, you, I've even got to the point recently, I think just yesterday, I told one of my partners, I was like, oh, I got this kind of sweet job offer, which the money sounded kind of good, but especially right now. And I was like, obviously, I, and she's like, what'd you say? I was like, what do you mean? What did I say? I said, no, like, <laughs> it's not like, there's nothing there's like, it, it occurred to me and it's occurred to me before, but I really needed to feel it this year to think that nothing would pull me away from this path. Nothing, you know? Yeah. And like my, my life is bocce now. Like, and it's not going to be like waking up tomorrow and having like the, the perfect job offer in the world of croquet or something as much as I, I, you know, with oddball, I'm so excited about all these other communities and sports. Like I'm, I'm going to be a bocce guy for the rest of my life. So however that plays out, I'm not sure. Uh, 2020, the time away, I mean, we were doing, we would often have three different leagues at three different locations in Chicago at night. And each league would have upwards to 150 people at it. Wow. So I, I mean, I had a, like a circuit on Thursday nights where I would go, I was in a, a rec basketball league and I would play my <laughs> basketball game at six 30. And then at seven 30, I would go to brick house in Wrigleyville. And then about nine, I would go to Chicago distilling. And then at 10 o'clock I'd go down to Cleo's. It was just like, you know, pop in and say hi and watch a game. Yeah. 
you know, cameo ref a game or whatever. Um, so like all of a sudden I had a lot, a lot of free time in that uh, freed up the oddball vision. And, and, and I think that is sort of playing into the, the future too, which is, you know, you start talking to, to people in the world of, you know, I brought up croquet, but also like shuffleboard and uh, wiffle ball and um, axe throwing and, and um, all these other really cool communities of sports that aren't quite at the mainstream and realizing that we all kind of have the same problems and we all kind of have the same desires and we want to show off our products. We want to show off our venues. We want to show off our communities, our personalities. Um, we want to capture the experiences we want, uh, you know, we all want to see our stuff on ESPN. <laughs> you know? So oddball has become kind of this vessel to do it. And, and as, as big as Bocce is becoming, thanks to guys like you, like it's not, it, it seemed like it wasn't, an, it didn't make sense to necessarily do it alone. Right. Because that's not how the, our, our, the sport works. And that's what draws us to it, right? Like, you know, um, Anthony said he's a shooter. So his teammates, probably the pointer. And, and, and you know, I think we, we play to each other's strengths and we're better together and we do better with strength in numbers. So taking that same philosophy and applying it to, to Oddball, it said, you know, listen, we'll, we'll create the infrastructure to amplify these bocce communities and, and pockets, but we'll, but we'll take the exact same thing and be able to do it for shuffleboard because there's a commonality to all the people in these clubs and organizations. And as much as we love our sport, that all these things that we feel for it exist within these other, you know, this, the national ski ball league guys that, um, um, you know, they're so enthusiastic for their sport for ski ball, you know, and they've got um, all kinds of culture attached to it. Mm -hmm. And, they think it's the greatest thing in the world, just like we think Bocce is. So that's that's happening. Oddball is happening, and that's exciting to explore. Bocce is happening. You know, um, the the Olympics in twenty twenty eight is a vision and a goal of ours. Regional tournaments, bigger tournaments, bigger cash prizes, mm -hmm. um, creating some celebrities and personalities. You know, mini celebrities, not actual. Um, you know, I don't think. Well, it would be cool, but I doubt we'll have like a you know, a Messi or a LeBron. <laughs> I think we should get a LeBron. Come on. Yeah, yeah. We should get LeBron on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, did you guys watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah I, we, we joked around that it would be uh, that the easiest way to get an ultra celebrity to play bocce would be to just tell Jordan that you could beat him at bocce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you get a big 30 for the, you get Lance Armstrong, LeBron, <laughs> You get Michael Jordan. You get all those big guys that are all on those shows. Oh, it would be it would be fun. I mean, I I was down at. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Palazzo di Bacci in, in Detroit area? I've uh, heard of it. I yeah. I only looked it up because I listened to a podcast you were on. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the Oddball Podcast. Uh, one oh, okay. of the episodes. Yeah. So Palazzo is is like a, a mecca of bocce ball, and I think I mentioned to you guys that I I I bet that will it would be kind of a nice halfway point for us. Yeah, mm -hmm. right? definitely. Between, yeah, I mean, it, shoot, it probably is as like close to a halfway four, point. Four and a half like, hours, I think, or something like that. Yeah. To Detroit. Four and a half for you? It's four and a half for me. Three, three and a half for us. Okay. Three and a half? Okay, yeah, close enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, when we were there, they had they, they had an annual like um, Detroit Lions bocce tournament every year. That um, and they had all the balls signed by the players. Unfortunately, none of the Detroit Lions would be considered celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. Not, uh, not this year, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. So, so the uh, the players go out there and they play and they sign the balls for it. Yeah, and I, you know, I didn't obviously see that, but there were just tons of pictures. And then they had like actual like um, uh, like Martel balls. Yeah, you know, really nice balls that were like custom made and Detroit Lions colors with logos on them and stuff like that. And signed by like just trophy cases of balls signed by different lines or right. and pictures of them playing and stuff like that. So. I mean, I think, I think the celebrity thing is like great, right? We want that because it gives us the visibility for bocce. But, you know, I think if you, you listen to, you said you listened to podcast one and the whole Youngstown bocce Yobo tournament we held with the, the college, you know, YSU Youngstown state university right there. You know, that's something that we really want to we want want to try to partner and hopefully partner with you and be able to throw something just to kind of bring that younger community in, you know, just for fun on the weekends, you know, one time and just kind of throw a tournament for fun and, you know, not have to be competitive 
like the ones that we're always in, but where people can experience what you're talking about. Just that, 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 in, that grab a beer, throw a bocce ball, have fun all day. You know, I, I think that's really what we want to do to help expand the game to kind of, to bring that. So when we're ready for the Olympics, we're ready for the next big stage. We're ready for wherever we're going with this, with this journey from that side. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. I think the, that's why I'm so excited about talking with you guys and connecting with you guys, because, you know, we have serious bandwidth issues and we can only, you know, there's whatever, four or five of you guys. And, and then there's three or four of us. And um, we're going to need another 20 <laughs> bocce bros and ABC <laughs> crews like across the country to help do this. But if each of us kind of does our part and if we do it together, like we can make this happen. And, and, and I think like reaching people at a college age and reaching, you know, even younger than that. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, my, my thing that I'm working on right now, which I, I haven't actually, I don't think I've announced yet, but um I can now is that I think I might've brought it up in passing to you guys, but um, we're doing a, uh, like a bocce toolkit for after school programs. Yeah. So we're going to send them a, a set of balls with some like, you know, like um, uh, laminated um, resources, how to's, whatever, mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, you know, set, like set this up. It's cheap. Play it. Here's how. Um, for younger generation and just see how it goes. I mean, we, you know, I mean, bocce balls aren't, aren't the most expensive thing in the world. So that's a great way to connect with, with younger people. That's awesome um, that you're doing that. Yeah. And then, and you know, on a school level, like I've, people have brought it up to me and it's like, okay, like if we go to one middle school, like, will that make a difference? Probably. But like, if we can all get together and do it together and we can all reach, you know, let's just say that we use like, the like the Mac conference, right? And we all picked a school at the yeah. Mac conference and we did a bocce activation at each school. Like I think that kind of traction would be huge mm-hmm. versus like me going to a local middle school and yeah. setting up a bocce court for an hour. I'll take Ohio State Buckeyes. Just all right, you're out. the Ohio State guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right. Anthony. We're gonna give you Akron State. <laughs> the zips. I need a big I need a big ten and that's be the best. <laughs> All right, Alex. So we, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been about a 45-minute podcast so far. Do you guys have anything else for Alex? I have one more question for him. Do you guys have anything? I don't think. I think we covered a lot of the things I wanted to talk about. All right, Alex. Yeah, this is one question we want to ask all of our, our uh, guests that come on is, what's your most memorable bocce moment? Okay. Um, I'll try to keep this since I'm, I've already been long-winded, I'll try to keep this You're good. Take as much as time possible. as you need. Um, so, Do they tell about, you you have a DJ voice? Like, you have, like, a DJ voice. Uh, <laughs> no one's told me that. No, I, <laughs> no one? Well, I, I have to, you know, we do so much content that I hate. Do you guys hate hearing your own voice? Definitely. I, I hate, I hate I, it. I do not like listening to my voice, and, and it feels like, especially, like, well, whatever. Anyways, thank you. I'll take it. That makes me feel better about talking for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> You're good. Um, but uh, so about a year into it, our, our big sponsor is Dogfish Head Brewery. They're in um, Milton, Delaware. Uh, I don't know if you got, are you familiar with Dogfish Head at all? Uh, yes. Yeah, actually I am. The, the beer? Yes. Yeah. The beer, yeah. yeah. So The place, uh, no. So the beer. So they, um, um, Sam Calgione is the the owner of dogfish head he's this big sort of beer personality and um he is a bocce enthusiast and he's got bocce courts at the brewery in milton delaware they have the intergalactic bocce tournament every year um it's an annual tournament it's two and a half days you have to dress an elaborate costume to play and it's competitive too guys come from all around the eastern seaboard from pennsylvania from new york from uh Connecticut, you know, obviously Delaware as well. Um, and uh, they decide they're going to do a Chicago one uh, as kind of a collaboration with Wicker Park Bocce, which is what we were before American Bocce. Uh-huh. So my team plays in this tournament and we win. And the, the, um, the uh, prize is a entry and accommodations into the tournament in Delaware uh, to the big one, the, you know, the intergalactic one. So 
we show up and it's myself and my partners, Alicia, and then Ben at the time and Ben's dad. So it's the four of us. And, you know, we were, we were playing quite a bit at this point. We won our home turf tournament feeling pretty good about ourselves. Um, we go down to Delaware, we stay at the Dogfish Inn, which is like this really cool, like, you know, everything, you know, it's ki- like complimentary kayaks. It's all in the Chesapeake Bay. And nice. uh, uh, there's a lot of beer drinking involved. So, um, so we show up day one and we, our costume is like little green army men. So we're in these like latex army suits. And then we've got little platforms like the army men stand <laughs> on and little plastic. <laughs> and uh, it's hot as heck out there. And uh, we, we have a great first day, right? I think we, we, our first game, we fall behind eight, nothing. And we come back and win it 12 to 10 on a miraculous last shot. And then uh, we win the next two and we're now facing competition that was better than anyone we had ever played in Chicago, but we somehow kind of gamed our way through it. So afterwards, after day one, everyone goes to the dogfish at um, the beer pub, which is in Rehoboth beach, Delaware, about a couple of miles down the road. And it's like this kind of festive, area and everyone's drinking hard and having fun and there's live music and almost every player comes up to us and goes wow you guys you guys did pretty good day one that's that's amazing that's did not expect that like oh yeah well you don't know me so (laughs) (laughs) you know like this is a hard tournament i go okay and then uh (laughs) i will never forget these guys like this they go hey no offense but like don't expect the same thing tomorrow. Like, oh, tomorrow's man. gonna be really rough on you. Like you'll be lucky to score a point. You know, you might have just got an easy draw. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks for the hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> so, go to bed, wake up, hungover, get on the courts, and um, uh, we work our way through the elimination bracket. And uh, I'm playing with Alicia, and we are in this like, dog fight back and forth with last year's champs. And this is the semifinals and she's playing the game of her life. And I, I, at, at this point we had a lot of enemies because we were like the Chicago guys, right? And, yeah. You know, big we city were, you know, coming in. So everyone's, you know, talking smack and yelling at us and, uh, and trying to sort of psych us out or whatever. And we're playing last season champs. There's a big group around the semifinals. And I looked down and I realized that her, that the plastic in her uh, costume had split down the back. No. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, no. Like, well, what do I, should I, should I, what do I do? Do I tell her? I'm like, I kind of have to, right? I'm like, well, no, she's, she's throwing like a perfect game. I can't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a no-hitter. I, I go, ah, oh, man, I don't know. So no one seems to notice except for me. So we play it out. We win the game. We've got a little time to kill before our, the championship. And I run... I run to Ben. I go, Ben, what, what do I do? I go, look at the back of Alicia's pants. And he goes, oh, God, oh, no. Well, we, I mean, we have to do something. What do we do? I'm like, I can't psych her out. Like, if she finds out she's playing with split pants, like, this is going to be bad. So uh, we, we decide. I go, Alicia, come with me. I walk over. I walk her to the bathroom. I say, don't ask any questions. Trade pants with me. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So we go on. So don't ask any questions. She, of course, she's like, what do you, what, what? Uh, <laughs> please, if you've ever trusted me more in your life, do this, trade pants with me. So we trade pants. We go out. I go down, you know, take my normal form <laughs> for the first shot of the game and uh, at, like bend down a little bit. And about 150 people start screaming, oh my God, this guy's ass is hanging out. <laughs> like, you can't play bocce with your butt out. You perfect. And it was the most mortifying thing i've ever endured um but it was one of the i think it was one of our greatest in-game coaching decisions (laughs) that's awesome every single time i threw a a shot i had to hear just the the worst of the worst yeah and every you guys win we won the championship (laughs) yeah (laughs) all of our enemies by the end of the night oh i love that month is this tournament i'm just writing it down over here so (laughs) it was in september um unfortunately it doesn't happen anymore what? Because uh, you showed yeah. your ass to everyone. No one wonders. Yeah, 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 I got an indecent exposure. To <laughs> but no, that was the that weekend was so fun. And you know, with bocce, like you play on your local level and you think you're really good, and then you turn the corner and 
Like, oh wow, I got a lot, a lot of learning. I don't know. I, we don't know what that feeling is like. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. So, Every so tournament, every tournament. Going into that and winning that was like, oh, okay, that was pretty good, you know. And then mm-hmm. I think we've all become better players since then too. But it was, it was just a special weekend. I think it was that kind of one of those moments where you go like, you know, <laughs> it's all worth it. Like I don't know if we're supposed to make money doing this or whatever, but this is one of the most fun weekends of our lives, and this sport is special, and these people are special. And I played the championship with split pads. So. That's an awesome story, man. Now, how, how many courts do they have? Just two. Two courts. So it was a few-day tournament, two-day tournament, correct? Yeah, that one was, yeah, it was, it was extensively long. Like, you would have, like, three hours between games. Mm-hmm. Only two yeah. Yeah, we've been in those. And then how many teams were in a tournament? I think it was 32. 32. Okay. So that's another thing, another, you know, little issue we have when we're trying to figure out how we throw tournaments is space, right? And if we want to get good quality teams, um, you know, if we, especially if we want to do something regional, it's going to be half, you know, at a place that can fit enough people, right? So the, the one in Detroit, how many courts do they have? Ten. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's great. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, ten professional high-quality courts. I'll Let's do that. it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. 2021. Anthony, what does Wycliffe have in Cleveland? Uh, I think Wycliffe has, what do I got? Nine. Ten. Alex, you've been there. What is it, 10, 12? No, I haven't been there. No, I've only Oh, you never I, th- I think no. it was, we were there, I think it was 10 or 12, 10 to 12, somewhere around there. Okay. So covered, beautiful. That'd be a tough place to do it because there'd be so many hands in the pot, I feel like. It's a little different story. I think what's cool about Palazzo is that they're independent. They're not even uh, partnered with the USBF. They just kind of yeah. do their own thing. So That's nice. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, listen, as, as soon as we can, I mean, whatever that is, May, June, I don't know, whatever it is, we're going to make – we'll at least do, like, an impromptu on-the-fly um, Midwest <laughs> clash or something. As soon as I leave CVS with my shot, I'm coming. <laughs> is the Vegas one happening? Do you know yet? Yeah, sure? it is. It is. Actually. Do you know what month? Do you know what month that is? I believe it uh, is going. Is it March? July. It got moved to July. It was supposed July. to. July. It's usually the last like day of February, July. last couple Vegas. days of February, and it got moved to July. So right. um, I'll send you guys a link, and if you, uh, I'm sure that'll be a quick one to sell out because I know like uh, it sells out every year, and and that sells out at 64. It'd be awesome to have you down there too. Sweet. Definitely. Well, Alex, we appreciate it. You know, everyone listening, we appreciate you tuning in. One thing, you know, to keep an eye out for is an oddball American bocce, bocce bro collab uh, at some point. Um, You know, this has been a great time speaking with you, Alex, especially over the last few months. Again, just you opening up to us, um, kind of showing us the ropes on everything has been great. So we definitely appreciate it. And I just want to give one last shout out to Alex Guerra, Please go check out Oddball Sports, American Bocce Company, as well as the Bocce Bros. You know us at, we can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, TikTok soon, if not already. We just started TikTok. Started TikTok, and as well as thebocchebrothers.com to check out our apparel. Thank you once again, Alex. Anthony, anything else before we sign off here? Nope, thank you. Great, great. Love talking to you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care, yeah. Alex. My season. I go to sleep and keep grinning. <laughs> If this is just to be given, my life is gonna be beautiful. I've sunshine enough to spread. It's just like the fella said. Tell me quick, ain't love a kick in the head. The fellow once said